Hey, you're listening to Quad Dot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is Season 9, Episode 182. Title, The Eternal Summer. Subtitle, Many Cast Number 7. The New Jerusalem is a Place of Eternal Light. So far, we've seen that the New Jerusalem is number one, the Bride of the Lamb. Number two, a place of eternal relationships. Number three, a place of new beginnings. Number four, a place of satisfied living. Number five, it's opulent. Number six, it's enormous. Number seven, it's a place of eternal light. John writes regarding the New Jerusalem that it's arrayed with God's glory. Her radiance was like a precious jewel, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. He goes on to say, I did not see a temple in it because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it because the glory of God illuminates it and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never close by day because it will never be night there. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those written in the Lamb's book of life. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. People will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, because the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Notice the brilliant eternal light. The emphasis here is on the brilliant, glistening, shining, glowing aspect of the city as John sees it coming down. It shines because it has the glory of God and its lamp is the Lamb. In the old order of things, life was regulated by the regularly alternating sun and moon. But in the New Jerusalem, the old forms of physical light are replaced by new spiritual light. Changes and fluctuation are passed due to the perpetual, divine, and changeless presence of the Lord. It is again a reminder that God has made his dwelling there. John instantly recognizes that he saw no temple because the living temple is in the house. The complete immersion of the redeemed people of God into the divine presence of the everlasting God will be the perfect summer day that will last forever. Friend, it will never be night there. The abolition of light is mentioned twice here. It is a major point about the new Jerusalem. No night, but the eternal light of day. In this present life, we both enjoy and fear the night. We find pleasure in the night sky while on a mountain retreat, yet fear the dark as the harbinger of aggression. I think a lot of the enjoyment of the dark is its attachment to rest and sleep, which our bodies need in this life. By all appearances, sleep will be a thing of the past. To live in a place where we never grow tired, age, or lose energy will have a transforming impact on our joy in a place of eternal light. Light and life go together. It is the product of salvation. Psalm 27.1 says, Yahweh is my light and my salvation. The Apostle John sees the future fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah 60, whose phrases are heavily reflected in this passage of Revelation. Isaiah sees the coming glorious Zion as the consummation of the worldwide purposes of God. Isaiah and the Apostle John entertain the same hope of the city of God in which righteousness dwells. 
They both referred to the nations and the kings, the two aspects of organized life, the ruled and the rulers who finally are brought fully into the light and glory of God. Psalm 36 verse 9 says, In your light we see light. Before LED flashlight bulbs, before halogen flashlight bulbs, there was just simple incandescent flashlight bulbs that used tungsten wire. There was an entire array of bulbs that all correlated to what type of flashlight you had. Oh wait, there was one other type of bulb that was called a sealed beam that attached to an old-fashioned battery the size of a brick. But before LED and halogen, the only way to have a brighter, more intense flashlight was a thicker tungsten wire filament in the bulb, which required more energy to burn, which meant more battery cells. I remember when my dad bought a 5D cell flashlight from Radio Shack. He thought he had arrived. Of course, the old-style batteries didn't work very long, especially burning through a heavier element, so the flashlight was expensive to operate. His first night at the Deerleys, around the campfire, he asked someone if they had a flashlight on them to light up something far away from the campfire light that he pretended he was straining to see. Everyone on the Deerleys carried a flashlight. They would say, sure, Jim, and turn their flashlight on and point it in the direction where he appeared to be looking. He would say, no, move the light a little further to your right. Yeah, right there. When he said the word there, he turned on his flashlight and overpowered their light. Then he went on a light rampage and started pointing out things saying, Oh, do you want to see what's over there at your trailer? Right there. He did this with each new arrival to camp who had not seen his new five-cell Radio Shack flashlight. I know it sounds sort of insane, but my dad was a nut about flashlights. I think it stems from poverty. When you didn't grow up with much, a five-cell flashlight was a big deal. The light of the New Jerusalem will overpower and outshine any light man has ever devised or seen. In John 1.4 it says the life was the light of men. Light is an attribute of holiness and thus a personal quality. It's the outshining of deity. 1 John 1.5 says that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. The Bible says, as we've talked about in podcasts past, Christ is the eternal word, and in the Greek that means the flame of knowledge of light. And he is the one who said, let there be light in Genesis 1-3. He himself is the radiance of God's glory, the light which lights every man coming into the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It is a gross understatement to say this will be a time of great rejoicing. The brilliant light will be breathtaking and astonishing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 reminds us that Though John has done his best to describe what he saw using human words, we know that what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.